dude, Stan's gonna win this game by himself today. He's been, dude. He's, I think he's hitting like 465 over the course of the last. Ever since, yeah. uh, ever since they moved him to the two hole, the last like 14 games, he's just been going crazy. Yeah, dude, he's been on fire. He's hitting. Are you, bombs. Are you a Yankees he's fan, hitting... or do you just watch I baseball? Like the Yankees and the Reds, brother. Yankees and the wow, Reds are my team. The teams. Reds. That's. Are you just like the world's biggest fucking Paul O'Neill fan? <laughs> <laughs> dude, Paul O'Neill's the man. And yeah, I love listening to him on here too because he's always announcing for us. He is on Yaz, yeah. And Dude, he's always just Paul O'Neill though. I, I miss the early days when, when O'Neill was on in like 2012, 2013 because he would only mm-hmm. make fun of Michael K's head. Like that was the <laughs> whole con, like because he didn't know how to be a contender. <laughs> he was making fun of him a couple days ago. It was cracking me up. Yeah, I, I really do think that there was some animosity between the two of them for a little while, but I think they cleared it up. Yeah. I think they've cleared up now too. I mean, they have to spend like every single day together, and I don't get right. the vibes of any bad blood anymore. Yeah. Ken Singleton's yeah, gone, yeah. Flash is gone. There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think we could start the show. Chen will find his way in. I'm pretty confident in his abilities. But in the meantime, why don't we get it going? Because I could talk about the Yanks all day, but that is not what these <laughs> people come for. They come to hear about whiffs. So welcome to the show. It's yes, your boy sir. Stein. I'm joined by my lovely co-host Toast. Who's wearing his XY a clue shirt? It's a very nifty shirt, Toast. Thank you. Thank you. All credit goes to Bob and uh, McCray. McCray? Oh, yeah, McCray is. Oh, here we go. iPhone 2 is entering the room. I didn't know that uh, <laughs> McCray was involved. I just naturally assumed it was Bob and DNAP. And just in time, we've there got our go. second guest. Yep, we nailed it. All right. So, anyway, that's how Toast is doing. I'd like to welcome to the show two first timers. And for the third time representing the PLW, we've got um, Taylor Briner and Ryan Chen of the PLW. Welcome to the show, boys. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. Now, obviously, I've invited the two of you because uh, PLW, whereas every major Wiffle conglomerate is just now ramping up their season, PLW is ending their inaugural season, and it should be a really good matchup. Uh, between two of the people on the show uh, right now should be a really good time. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your uh, general perceptions about wiffle ball culture. And then we're going to talk a little bit about national outreach. And that's what's on the docket for today. But before we do that, I want to hear about our guests. Let's start with Chen. Ryan Chen, uh, tell us a little bit about your whiff history and how you ended up on the circuit, if you will. Well, you know what? It came down for me of uh, just kind of getting lucky. I was in the I was in the location. I was right next to right next to the ranch, and um, we had just kind of gotten. Um, a li- I, I want to say it was Dobbins, another guy on my on my wolf ball team that mm-hmm. uh, that got a got an invite just to come out and uh, start playing some scrimmage games just to kind of see what it was like. And when we at the time when we went out there it was three days or four days before the draft was going to happen. And when we went out there and we liked it so much, um, we just ended up grabbing our own team. We didn't even want to worry mm-hmm. about putting ourselves in the draft. And, you know, we grabbed our own team and just kind of went right into it and kind of just, you know, fell in love with the game, fell in love with, with, with everybody over at the ranch. It's a really great group of guys in the league. You know, we, there's not anybody that I could say in the, in the league where I would not want to be around. Like I'm, I'm, you know, everything, everything is. Except maybe Hollywood. Except maybe Hollywood. 
everything is very professional for the most part and 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 yeah. um i've never I've, i mean i've had some i've had everyone you know you're ever you're always going to have your arguments about some stuff but i've never had a point to where i've had an argument or something and it transitioned into the next series or, mm -hmm. or it went mm -hmm. past that game so very much was, in, in between the lines absolutely absolutely and you guys you guys are college ball players right Yes, uh, just just a little bit about me. I went to uh, I went to Mesa Community College in 2013. Um, won a national championship, by the way. And then uh, wow. I went to, I went to Texas Western. Yeah, I was I was able to I was able to be a part of a team that we, we were number one in the country for about two months. Wow, and that's then, sick. And uh, Mesa Mesa CC that's part of the Maricopa system, right? Yep, Maricopa. I, Maricopa I teach County. for the Maricopa system. Yeah, Maricopa County, and uh, you know, at the time with that team, we were we were not supposed to be good. We did not wow. have Sick. the top of the line talent. We didn't have those those big time guys. We did end up getting some guys, you know, with how hard we worked, that we were able to gain some velo. And um, our starting rotations ERA was under two point five. Wow, sick! Yeah, we won. A, we won a lot of one nothing games. <laughs> that's sick. I know what that's like, and I think that our other guest tonight knows what that's like too. Taylor Briner, tell us your wiffle ball lineage and how you wound up because your story is sick. I know it. So tell the <laughs> tell the people how you wound up in PLW. Well, I only just recently moved out here to Vegas, and so I'm still pretty fresh out here. And I've always loved American Ninja Warrior. And mm -hmm. naturally, I found an American Ninja Warrior gym here in Vegas. And it was the first day that I ever went down there. I showed up and I'm just doing my thing. And there's a few other guys there. And I'm like chatting with them and talking with them. And I hear them talking something about baseball or hitting or something like that. And I'm like, wait, you guys play baseball? And they were like, no, no, we play wiffle ball. And they just kind of like let it pass. And I was like, oh, I played baseball. And then Pete Mavro, who's the manager for my team, was one of the guys there. He was like, you played baseball? And he's like, do you want to play wiffle ball? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And apparently that was like the day before the draft. And they just put me on their team. And I had no idea what was going on. And just showed up and started playing with absolutely zero experience playing wiffle ball. So they found me by blind, stupid luck. And I showed up and it was a blast. <laughs> So yeah, I, it's a blast, man. So the thing to, that I want to stress here is that both of you are like babies. Like we have some people who don't have a lot of wiffle ball experience come on this show. But when we say not a lot of wiffle ball experience, we mean like two or three years. With yeah. you guys, we're talking two or three months. Like you guys are babies. Yeah, we broke in. Yeah, we broke in. We're very early. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you something. I mean, I've said it before on this show. PLW is a professional product that features mostly amateur players. Even in a pool of amateur players, to just literally show up four days before the draft or to be literally a walk-on <laughs> and then be two of the top performers in the entire league. I mean, there's just, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. There's, there's always something to be said about breakout years like that. So that's a ton of fun. We love to oh, see absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, you know, Taylor, Taylor a little bit more than me. <laughs> um, he, he found he found pitching early. It took me a yeah. little while to find the release point and find the fifty-five and mm -hmm. and start and start manipulating the pitches. When I first started, I was only trying to throw a slider, and you know that's that that pitch unfortunately is is a do or die. And in yep. yeah, the field, the, the, the slider can be very good, and you can get ahead of a lot of people with it, or someone's just going <laughs> to barrel it, and it's going to go a long way. 
Yeah, it's it's so really all about the twelve six. Being able to get the twelve yeah. six and the sinker going, the, the both ways or three ways hypothetically is what I'm searching for. And you, Stein, you're you're able to kind of get that riser, which is which is another direction where not a lot of guys throw that direction. So mm -hmm. you know the normal the normal average hitter is 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 going to miss that. They're going to miss that. Yeah. yeah well, uh, unfortunately, where I come from, nobody's normal, nobody's average, and so they're. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you guys see in the chat, everyone who's chatting in, in that chat, that's the community. They're, they're people that I have annoyed until they turned it on. People that I sent <laughs> there to watch. Uh, and that's yeah. where a lot of this shit talk comes from, which is, you know, an integral part of wiffle ball. So I want to start by talking about the finals. Obviously we've got my team, the Calicos. Yeah. Which by the way, um, I'm going to say this now, Thursday, will be our last games as the Calicos. We have a full team name change on the way. Oh, wow. Okay. It's going to be a Calicos lot of fun. Calicos is weekend anyway, so you needed something better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm more of a dog person. So, But my team will, will be playing um, Taylor's team, the Snappers. Um, I think that in terms of top two pitchers, it's been me and Taylor up there. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So... Yeah. I got, I'm going to ask Chen this question because it's a difficult question to ask you, Taylor. But T Chen, who do you think is going to win between the two of our teams? You know, um, I, I actually, before the, the playoffs started, I picked Calico's at plus 300. Wow. Um, I, thought, I thought that was a really great number. I don't know why you guys weren't top two favor. I, I really don't. Um, I, I like the Bombers. They're, they're a good hitting team, but... but as Aren't much they? as I've known, and, and the same thing with the ones, we were a good hitting team for a long time. Mm -hmm. But you know, you run into good pitchers, and, and and they get into a good groove. How good you are at hitting doesn't matter as much. You know, you're really you're really just yeah. hoping to get that one breakout hit to try to get one mm -hmm. or two runs. Um, because when you guys are really on, it's it's a very short game. Uh, I would I will say this: I do think that the the unders will be favored in those games. I don't see a lot of offense happening. I, I do see a a really good pitching battle happening between you guys. And um, I do have to say, though, that I, even though, you know, we've, we've gone head to head with the Snappers and, and, and Taylor did get us in that wild card game, I, I do yeah. think the Calicos have more of the edge based off of the fact that you guys also have Alex. And yeah. that's, that's, that's a very big relief to know that you're going to go out there and you're going to really let it go. You're not going to be worried. You're going to hit, you're going to throw your pitches and you're going to make them nasty. You're not worried about hitting a fat part of the zone because you don't want to get out of the game. I do think that Taylor, you know, has a little bit more pressure on him because if the Calicos get to somebody that's not throwing or that's, that's not Taylor throwing, I think yeah. it's a really bad situation for the snappers. I just really do. I don't think the wow. snappers can, can really contain um, anything, anything that you guys are going to throw at them offensively if they don't have a Briner on the mound. Wow, that's tough. I'm, I'm not going to ask Taylor because I have a feeling that Taylor <laughs> might slightly disagree, but I will ask my co-host, Toast, as somebody who is mildly familiar with the league, who do you got? You're going to blow it like you normally do. I'll lose. I'm going to blow it like I normally do and lose. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough coming from the co-host right there. That's, that's a lot of mad energy right there. Dose is backing me up. He's seen what I can do. He knows. Wow. I was just complimenting him before the show aired, you know? Both of you guys. I mean, you can tell who the standout yeah. are out there. It's almost uh, like a dead even kind of thing. There's like one real life standout for every team. Mm. And yeah. But if you're saying 
that Stein has like a complimentary player than that. Definitely gives him the edge pitching, but he'll get right off field, start crying about something again. And then... <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I mean, the snappers do have a, a really strong number two in Shane Weber, but uh, I was yeah. talking to Shane the other day and, and my thing was, I, have you had enough reps? And he was like, well, I could just, I'll go out there whenever, but you know, easier said than done. It'll be very interesting mm-hmm. to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. In a high stakes situation, it's mm. tough too. Mm. And Shane's been great, but Taylor, how not... did you feel? How did you feel in the wild card game? Because that was that was some cool atmosphere. I kind of almost got like yeah. the uh, the old school baseball feeling of just competing yeah. and it, it being one game. Everything matters. Yeah, I like wild card setup a lot. It's just more exciting. And I feel like Calico's in the same boat too. Like we both swept. There was no point where our season was at risk. Mm. And so games were a little bit more dry, but ours was tense like until the last pitch, mm. especially with the guys have. Anyway, yeah. you know, Man- Manny hitting that two run home run in the first was it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, w- it that's really was. The, that's how tight the games are becoming now yeah. where everyone's yep. starting to kind of get their pitchers. You know, we're kind of getting it to where. It's happening. Unfortunately for the Bombers, you know, and I feel like they're kind of in the same boat as you are, Taylor, where it's just they rely yeah. so heavily on Brandon. And if Brandon doesn't have his stuff or or walks out, it, they're not yeah. even a team anymore. I don't mm. – without Brandon, they're not even top five. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they they, they had a tough time, did the Bombers. Um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of to Taylor's you point. Like, them I, up. You messed them up, son. You went out there and you and you and you threw like you know how to throw, and that's what I'm talking about. That's a great hitting team. Yeah. They led in a lot of hitting categories in the PLW, and most of it is, is they get, you know, a six game series versus the Tomahawks. They win six all six games. You know, Hollis yeah, hits freaking yeah. eight you home said runs. It. You said it. I've just you know. It's an experience thing, right? And so I, I keep saying this. I've said it a million times. Eventually, everyone else is going to catch up to my level of experience. And at that point, I'll no longer be a great player. But I'm enjoying it now while I can. Um, yeah. I would argue, and I've put a lot of thought into this. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push forward here. I would argue that in this chat, we're looking at the MVP in Taylor, the Cy Young in myself, and the Rookie oh, of the Year in Chen. Oh, oh yeah. you hit me with the, I, You haven't said it in so long. I don't have the bell. Come on. <laughs> All right, what do you got for me? Word on the streets, you aren't getting the Cy Young because every team you beat is trash cans. So <laughs> That's because every team is a trash can, and I'm the best. I'm aware that the fix is in. This is a very Trump 2020 situation. I would love to, I would love to hear what Tom Gannon would have to say to that. I asked him about it, and, and he gave me the argument, and I said, you, you sound like a fucking idiot. And, <laughs> so anyway, that's what I would argue. I would, I would say Taylor, my picks would be Taylor for MVP, myself for Cy Young, Chen for Rookie of the Year, um, and yeah, then there's some other awards to grow out. I, w- I, would, I would unfortunately think that um... – you know, Hollis kind of getting that extra that extra kick at the end of the year. He got those series where he just went out there and, you know, got some weak pitching and, and just absolutely was shitting on the ball. And he was able to kind of grab grab some better numbers than me when it comes to just like the RBIs and the home runs. Um, you know, his yeah, average you, wasn't his average wasn't there as much. The thing is uh, when you're when I think about rookie of the year, I think about not just who had the better hitting numbers, I think about the best two way player. And if you look at the way that you were able to develop yourself as a pitcher over the course of the season, that's my case. That would be my case for you as rookie of the year. You took yeah, a, I could a see team that. that started off 0 6 and brought them to the playoffs. So 
that that yeah. would be and my, was, my you know, and that was that was our mentality of throwing Schmidt. You know, honestly, he was he was the guy who, when we didn't figure out anything and we didn't have a guy to pitch, he just kind of yeah. came in and figured out a little twelve six, and he kept us in the season. And coming into the wild card game, I was the hotter pitcher, mm-hmm. but I felt like, um, honestly, I think record. I felt like I felt like I felt like Schmidt deserved that. I feel like he deserved that start, and I was gonna kind of ride or die with my guy for the year. Mm, and yeah. and knowing knowing that I can come in behind him was good. I mean, he, you know, he gave up the two run home run to Manny, and then right after that, it was like, hey, let's switch. Let's just yeah. let's just switch right now, mm-hmm. right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was able to kind of come in and hold it there. But you know, yeah. the ones hitting the ones hitting failed us. We we failed hitting wise absolutely at the end. We did we could not catch any. The Cows was our only our only spark plug, and it, that wasn't even enough to get us going. Well, I'm glad yeah. you brought up. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the the idea of switching out because that's something that this league has not yet caught on to. The idea that you can switch pitchers out um, even before they start getting hit, and Tanik does it on his team a little bit. But uh, Taylor, let me ask you this because, like, at for really for the entire second half of the year, it was only you pitching for the snappers. Like, I watched most of your games; it was really only you. Um, I imagine you're you're not going to tell me your opponent exactly what your strategy is, but I am guessing <laughs> that you're going to start game one and probably go until you get in trouble. Um, where where do you really? see where do you see um, that coaching mentality coming in here in the finals without giving too much away? Um, honestly, it's a moment by moment basis. Um, what I feel like I do well as a pitcher, and you've probably seen this, is I bounce back really well. A lot of pitchers will walk someone or they'll hit a home run off of them. And I saw you do this against the Bombers too, where they hit a home run and it didn't matter. It didn't affect how you were pitching. But if it gets to a point where anybody's seeing my stuff well and hitting it consistently, Shane and I are not afraid to switch just to change those looks up. Mm. But honestly, for this last half of the season, that just hasn't come up. The only teams that have really come close were the ones and they hit me hard, but they couldn't string stuff together. So they'd, put, they'd hit something hard and then I'd get an out mm. and they'd hit a single and then I'd get the other two out. So they just couldn't quite string it together to run it up. Mm. And I just wasn't comfortable throwing Shane in there to hit against or to pitch against the ones because they hit so hard. Mm. And so we just kept rolling with it. But yeah, it's, it's a case-by-case basis. I'm looking for how you're responding to how I'm pitching. If you're hitting my best stuff, then it's time to switch. But if you're not hitting my best stuff, then I can improve and I can adapt to the situation and get outs. So then I need to get outs. That's fair. That's fair. And I think Chen cut out, but I'm sure he'll be back. Um, let's now talk about the, the greater wiffle ball picture, pitch, picture because, you know, one of the big things that I've been trying to do uh, uh, with the help of Tom Gannon is get mm-hmm. PLW representation at the really big Wiffle ball events, and this yeah. year we're targeting two. We're targeting, um, of course, the Golden Stick Open, which is a scuff ball medium pitch, um, medium speed pitch league, and then we're targeting UWIT, yeah. which is what I would call, you know, true the, the the mecca, but the the most pure form of whiffs, fast pitch, scuffed or unscuffed, big bats. Um, so, uh, you know, this question would have been for both of you, but uh, since we've just got you, Taylor. Yeah, since I'm the only one here now. <laughs> tell me, what what do you think it would take? What sort of, maybe not incentive, but what what would need to happen for you to fully commit to something like 
a fast pitch scuffed event like what's happening at U Whips in October, where where do you think the community would have to come from to get a, a full team coming from a lesser known league like PLW? Um, so I am more than willing to go to something like this, but part of the reason that I can do it is that my work schedule is so flexible working for myself. Mm. And so honestly, I think you just have to pick out the guys you want extremely early and just kind of gauge that interest. You're just going to have to find the right guys more than anything. And part of that's the league is young. You got to find guys who can hit fast pitch. This is a whole different beast than what we're doing at 55. So you got to find guys with real baseball experience. You've got to find them early and you've got to get commitments early. Yeah. And it's, so, a, it's a cross country flight, right? We're talking about York, yeah. Pennsylvania. So it's, it's, it's a, a, a trip. Oh. It's a schlep. Um, I talked to Gannon about it. I said I was willing to play on that team. Gannon told me um, that I should instead take the offer that was given to me. Uh, and, and so I'll be playing with Way Too Beautiful, which are, is America's team. You guys are talking team. about Golden Stick, right? Yeah. We were just talking about United okay. Wiffle. Uh, Chen, now that you're back, I'm going to ask okay. you about Golden Stick, which is the medium pitch tournament. Where do you think the motivation would need to come from for the PLW to get representation at something like that in Staten Island, New Jersey? You know, and, and for us being out here in Vegas, the representation needs to be a little bit more <laughs> concrete of where, what the travel is going to look like, what our schedule is going to look like, you know, depending on, you know, what's going on with this, with our situation, what are we going to be doing down there? You know, like we need to have a little bit more of a game plan as much as I like Tom, you know, reaching out and doing that. I, I personally want to play in those, um, but I think there's too much um of a gray area where i'm worried about you know what am i really spending on what am i going out and doing and and, mm -hmm. and is this going to be something that i enjoy or not I, I really haven't been able to get into any of those tournaments so naturally i did want to do one of mox tournaments in california um because i know that's a fast pitch tournament mm -hmm. so i was mm -hmm. kind of thinking more of going to the fast pitch route based off of just kind of you know me and me and stein have been throwing a little bit um, just kind of after some of the games and, and I do um, appreciate more of the fast pitch than I do with the, you know, the medium. I try to stack is it under 60 or not without the radar. Yeah, Brett Gardner sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, Chen, you and all your boys really strike me as more of fast pitch players, which is of course what I am. It's what Toast is by, by nature. Um, I don't know, Taylor. What do you think? Do you are you more of a fan of the medium pitch, or do you think that you see yourself being in fast pitch more? Now, I I was a pitcher. I pitched club ball in college. Like as a pitcher, fast pitch looks really fun because you can just ring people up, and it's like you said, you can throw seventy five miles an hour, and you can throw th stuff that's just filthy that you could never dream of hitting. And on top of that, I mean, I could I could pump it up close to ninety. And it's like, I could throw nasty stuff at 75 all day and then blow it by them. But the hitter, it's very intimidating. Like, I don't like the idea of going to these games where I get six, seven at bats and I'm at best I can hope for is one, maybe two hits in a game. Like mm. that sounds less fun than being, I like to just, I, I really like that this league is slow enough that regardless of the pitcher, I should still be able to get a couple hits a game like regardless of how good they are mm. there's there's the two sides of it for me the hitter side of me is a little wary about that because the pitching is going to be so elite 
But the pitcher side of me, I mean, that looks like fun to ring guys up like that too. So some of both, I guess. Interesting. Toast, what do you think about all that? A little harder to ring guys up than that, uh, especially transitioning from a medium style league like that. Uh, um, I think it looks a lot easier on film to strike people out, <clears throat> especially nowadays because uh, everyone's seen everything now. Like there's no mm -hmm. hidden tricks anymore. Um, but if, like you said, if you have natural ability, like you play baseball, that's like the cornerstone to any, like, I mean, that's, that's just an extra boost to a fast pitch. Like you've already seen nineties, like you said, or 85, like the yeah. speed's not going to be a big deal. It's just about the, the pitch recognition and, and, and stuff like that. But that, that only comes from experience. You got to play, but I mean, if you're a competitor, it sounds like both of you guys like to compete. Um, then you'll get no better joy than hitting a bomb off somebody throwing 90, like with their best stuff or yeah. at least going out there and you can like actually drop your sack on the field and like be like, yeah, I'm not being held back by a radar gun. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're getting their best stuff. You know what I mean? So like, it's just about like that inner competitor, I guess. Or, mm -hmm. or, I always wanted to, I started out like you guys, like we don't have, a lot of wiffle ball down here either but yeah I, mean, I was a little bit better than the people that were down here and i was like i want to see how i stack up <laughs> you know if nothing yeah and I struggled hitting like it was tough but you get in there one or two seasons and you start hitting a little bit more consistently and then it gets i mean it's just a dating just like with y'all playing out there right now like i'm sure y'all are hooked with that just yeah just you catch the same bug, just a little bit different. I've, I've kind of gotten the feeling too a little bit lately on these last couple PLW games. Um, the radar is reading a lot more accurate. I agree. Yeah. During the yeah. during the cold months, it would allow you to throw much harder when it was cold yeah. out <laughs> and when the sun was out. And so I remember once we had a double header. Uh, I think it was against the Stoneman, and in the first game, the sun was out. So I was throwing like all loopy shit. And then the second game, it got cold. And I was just like throwing piss missiles. Just, I felt bad, but I'm, I'm not driving two hours to not fucking win. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Not do your thing. Get my pitches in. Yeah. All right. Um, so what I'm hearing from you guys in terms of something like golden stick, in terms of something like you whips is that the desire to go is there. It really comes down to, can we find the bodies to commit um, I think that commitment is the sort of thing where you're going to need to have multiple people in the same room saying yes at the same time. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and, and that's, that is how it starts, right? That's how, that's how it started with the Midwest guys getting out there. And so I'm hoping that we can get a little bit more representation this year, but if not, perhaps next year. Um, and, and there are multiple PLW seasons per year. And so the experience will be compounding, uh, which is always a really good thing. Well, uh, one thing that the whole Midwest charge is like some East Coast guys going out there and playing against them. Mm. Word on the street is a lot of East Coast guys are coming out to PLW July 4th tournament. So maybe that, that kind of brings the same effect, you know? Kinda, That's the rumor. Yeah. That's the rumor. Of, uh, of whiffs, you know? And Toast, I did ask both of our guests if they were interested in playing for us. I know that Taylor had told, given Gannon first right for refusal. And Chen said maybe, uh, so we'll see. That's for the July 4th tournament? Yep. July 4th, 
I'll play with the snappers first. I didn't mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, I saw Tom, but I play with them for one of mocks. I thought it was one of Mockaby's tournaments you were hitting me up about. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm going to try really hard to make it out to at least one of Mockaby's tournaments because I really like him. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just a, that's a, that, a, a particularly long drive for me. Yeah. It'd almost be an easier flight. All right. Let me ask you about the play in PLW that everybody's talking about. Monday night, game two, Calico's Bombers. I threw a ball that there was a 100% chance of hitting the strike zone. And uh, Hollis went ahead and stuck his knee out. And the, the, uh, the ball was thrown fast. I threw it fast on purpose, so it was a ball. But I didn't like that. And I let him know that I didn't like it. And we've talked about this, he and I, before. So I let him know where I stand. And then I proceeded to strike him out in every at bat except for i think one where he flew out to maddie who made an incredible catch what do you i have my thoughts and i've i've I've, they've been made what do you think about doing something like that do you think that it like maybe gives your team a little extra jolt do you would you avoid doing that sort of thing i don't know where do you where do you come down on that taylor uh it depends on the team dynamic and I'm sure you've noticed that my team already has one person who tends to get, who's always fired up, and that's Manny. Mm. And so I feel like my position on a lot of situations on my team is to actually try to calm them back down. Manny will get everybody so hyped that they're thinking about other things, and mm-hmm. I have to remind them, hey, like, hitting is hard. Like, I need you to focus on this right now. Mm-hmm. Do this really well and let your play speak. I'm all about letting my play speak. So if someone does something I don't like, it's the same thing you did. Like I'm coming after him and I'll tell my team that I'm coming after him. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I leave it at that. I 100% am the kind of player that I will let my play speak for what I'm doing in all situations. Okay. That's a fair take. That's a fair. I'm, I was very curious to hear Chen and his take on all that, but he <laughs> cut out again. I'll, I'll have to ask him. I'm sure he'll be there tomorrow. Um, oh, I'm he'd be firing right at him. He's a go-after guy for sure. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought about giving him a friendly little boink on the butt with a pitch, and I said, ah, no, it's the playoffs. You got <laughs> Every pitch must have a purpose. Um, and so, yeah. you know, uh, but I think you make a good point about, you know, the focus and the mentality. And that's another thing that, uh, you know, young players and amateur-level players struggle to do mm-hmm. consistently, pull their heads out of it. We have a couple of guys who get a little fired up on our team too. And, you know, you got to pull them aside and you got to talk to them. You got to kind of almost like wake them up and reboot them. Otherwise, they just get in their head and their own heads and they're useless. So um, interesting, interesting take on that. We do have a couple minutes left on the show today. And in that time, uh, I want to inquire about um, uh, really, I guess, just the future of the league. So my first question to you is because I don't think you know this, Taylor. (laughs) The Probably rule. Not. What happened? Go ahead. Oh yeah. So, so the rules in this league are the subject of a lot of conversation in the greater wiffle ball community. Um, they are not like other leagues. In in other leagues, you must field the ball cleanly. You can't just bat it down. There's no five seconds. Yeah. Um, you, you know, there's there's a lot of very interesting rules like that in this league that are not featured in other leagues. So let mm-hmm. me ask you, just because I don't want I don't want to cherry pick on one little thing here or there, but just broadly, <laughs> how do you feel about the format in PLW, the style of play, the rules in general? Uh, are they okay with you, or would you like to see them travel in a different direction over time? 
so there's a few things that have bothered me about it um and one of them is the base running mm. and this kind of comes in with the fielding too but the fact that i have on my team probably four or five of the top 10 fastest people in the league and mm. it means absolutely nothing for my team running the bases it mm. bothers me mm. i loved running the bases when i played baseball and the fact that even though I'm fast, it doesn't mean anything. Michael's the fastest person in the league by mm. far. And that speed has done nothing for him on the bases. I feel like there needs to be some way where my speed matters running the bases. I get that Adam Tannick does not want to run around those bases, but there needs to be some factor for it. And the fielding cleanly, I'm 100% on that too. I've had mm. so many balls I've hit where I've hit yeah. it at someone that's bounced off of them into the outfield. And then I hit it so hard that they still have their five full seconds yep. to try to throw me out. I've had yep. so many hits taken away from me because of that. Yep. And, and you know, I've, I've talked with Chad about that specific idea. Mm -hmm. You know, I have ideas that Chad's open to, but he makes the point and it's very hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm a purist, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to the majority of the players in the league, they're just not good enough at fielding to have yeah. that rule implemented yet. So I understand it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to be patient, but uh, <laughs> interesting. One of the big things that I'm curious about is as guys learn how to pitch, like eventually, ideally, every team will have a Stein or a Briner or a Chen who can just absolutely yeah. shut you down and will every time. So my mm -hmm. question is, what do you think about bat changes? Because what I would love to see on a big, gorgeous field like that are modified bats, which can go anywhere between uh, 34 and a half to 38 inches. Uh, you yeah. cut, you cut the handle, you stuff it with something, maybe no moon shots, but perhaps modified yellow with, with an inner tube around it, uh, which is the classic modification. That's uh, I know Tannic doesn't want to do moon shots because of how expensive they are. It costs about, yeah. what would you say toast 15, $20 to modify a bat like that? So a very affordable. You know, always um, get bad. Yeah, I I, I don't think that Adam wants guys um, bringing $150 bats to the field. I think he thinks that that will chase some folks away, and I think he's got a good point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I understand why he wants to keep it yellow bat. <laughs> but I think yeah. as guys get better at pitching, eventually – um, something might need to be done to up the number of hits that happen. Are you open to something like modified bats or is that a no-go for you? At this point for me, it'd be a no-go for me. And my reasoning for that is having faced many of the best pitchers in the league, I've taken nearly every single one of them deep and mm. I've done it easily. Mm. Um, as someone with baseball experience, it doesn't take much for me to hit it over the fence here. And if you give me something bigger and meaner, or if we give someone like Chen something bigger and meaner, he's going to hit 35 home runs a season. Mm. Like the amount of power that some of these guys possess. I've seen Chen swing the bat around and the radar pick up his swing at 115 miles an hour, 112 miles an hour. Like mm. the kind of power that they would possess with a 38 inch modified bat would just be ridiculous. Mm. I could throw a pit seven inches off the plate outside and he's going to hit it a mile and a half to center yeah, field. Yeah, he could. At this point, <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't seen many pitchers that I feel like could consistently shut down a really good hitting team. Okay. When so I pitch to – go I, ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but how is the pitching going to get better, Stein? Uh, eventually, people are going to learn pitches and everyone's going to be dealing like myself or like Taylor. Yeah. 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 
y'all are eventually gonna get hit y'all get hit now like people are just gonna uh, do get we hit. i don't know i mean my era was 1.5 <laughs> My okay, area is 1.71. But here's yeah, the thing. Per, per nine toast. innings, too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a nine-inning era. You can blow all the smoke out your ass that you want to, but if the same, if the guys are seeing the same pitches every year over and over yeah. and over again, over and over and over again, the same guys over and over and over mm-hmm. again, they're eventually going to hit you. That's like the, the question. What's going to what's gonna give first? There's yeah. no way to get better at pitching with an unscuffed ball to 155 miles an hour. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have heard rumors, and these are only rumors, they're completely unsubstantiated, <laughs> that uh, in a few years, anywhere between two and five years from now, eventually the mound will move back to 45 and the speed limit will go up, is what That's I've heard. Season. And Toast, I think you know that once you can put some more zip on that unscuff ball, it does some very scary things. <laughs> so yeah. with that, we will close the show. Uh, I will thank both of our guests, Ryan Chen, who disconnected due to connectivity issues, and Taylor Breiner. Thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you. No problem, brother. Thanks for having me. For myself and Toast, it's been another great episode of Shut Up, Stein. I'm going to load this up tomorrow morning so that we can get it out before the games happen. Taylor, I'm looking forward to battling. I hope we have some good games. Oh, they're good. Our games are always good, every single time. Everybody should be watching tomorrow. I hope so. All right. See you. Saw the pounds, just crush him and beat him to the ground I just sold two million records, I don't need to go to jail I'm not about to lose my freedom over no female I need to slow down, try to get my feet on solid ground So for now Say goodbye, say goodbye to Hollywood Say goodbye